We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Blocks podcast, the Bearcast. We're back after a two-week hiatus. Hiatus, two weeks, right? Yeah, we uh, we just fell off the map. Like we, <laughs> we after that UCLA game, we did not want to talk. Um, we went into our own little holes and just hibernated for two weeks. Um, and <laughs> that's a real break. Yeah, and those two weeks, it's not like it was silent, right? Those two weeks, like, had the craziest amount of Cal news, like, one could imagine. But, um, but also not really news, since nothing happened. <laughs> that, that is so true. That's the most Cal way to start off the offseason. News that wasn't news. Tons of things to pay attention to, and none of them <laughs> mattered. Grab your popcorn bowl, get excited, and then just toss it, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> No, it's like uh, we're exactly where we were. It's like we it's like when you got excited to watch a movie at home, and then you were about to purchase it and watch it on your, you know, Comcast or whatever, and then you realize it's not out yet. I <laughs> <laughs> do that all the time. It's like the it's out like in another two weeks. <laughs> and the critics say it sucks. Yes, <laughs> this is yeah, This is a very good analogy. We're painting a really good picture, and we'll get into it a little bit. But if you're wondering who the third person <laughs> talking is, uh, we have a very special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. Uh, this is Adam Zarinoff, a.k.a. Adams, uh, and you could just call me Vishal. Here. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah, uh, we asked Adams to come on here just because uh, we're a big fan of his Twitter account. Um, and he is also... Thank you. It's nice to know somebody, somebody <laughs> likes it. He's on the... Uh... Don't kick field goal train, and I feel like we need more people like that in this world. Yeah. Plus, he's, he's, uh, he's one of us. He's one of the um, Cal Golden Blog guys, too. So it definitely helps when we're all part of one fame. And this is it's weird because Andy and Adam have known each other through Twitter and, like, all the writing stuff for a while. This is the first time they've actually met in person. So This is the second time this has happened. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to 2016. <laughs> Friends. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, the first person I met was Nam. And that was after, like, a year of tweeting at him and him tweeting back at me. So that was a weird, like, meet. First person I met was uh, Twist and Hook. Oh. And it turns out he is exactly the same (laughs) in person. 
he, as he is online. I think he's, it, he's just exactly the same. No, I think it's worse in person. Well, <laughs> it's it's that that complete unfiltered yeah uh, aspect. It, it just it's more awkward in person. You yeah. can't online. You can just because now you know what you know, he looks roll like. Your eyes and it's, yeah. You move on to the next comment, but yeah, in person, it you know he'll say something and it just hangs in the air. <laughs> This is so true. It's so true. Oh, all right. Let's get into this. I think we've got a lot of things to cover today. So, all right, let's start with our three top-of-the-line items. Uh, I know, Andy, you, you have you have a pretty hefty list of three. Um, but uh, I think I'll, I'll start with mine. I'll start with mine, and then we'll move on to Andy's, because mine's a little bit easier. My first top of the list, Demetrius Robertson making the freshman All-American today. Well yeah. deserved. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was no question. I mean, does he have room to grow? Yes, a lot. Because the only thing we did this year was either send him on go routes or double moves. Like, yeah, I, the ceiling is super, super high, yeah. and he has he has yet to even approach the <laughs> the you know the depth of what he can do. He's he's there's a lot of untapped potential there, and he was still fantastic this year. Yeah, especially when when Chad Hansen went down, yeah, he became kind of the the go to guy in a lot of ways. He and a couple a couple other guys stepped up uh, pre- pretty significantly when when Chad was out, and I think it helped because when Chad came back, he wasn't quite as much a security blanket as he was at the beginning of the season. So yeah, uh, I remember a quote I heard from him from one of the All American game coaches, and apparently D Rob asked uh, one of the the DB coaches, when they were going through practice, was he said, "Hey, can I join in on the DB uh, the drills?" And he's like, "We are you're going to play wide receiver in this game. Why do you want to do that?" He's like, "I just want to know how those guys think, so I want to run through the drills with them." I'm like, dang, that's awesome. <laughs> dang, like that's how much you're investing into becoming a better wide receiver is that you're taking reps as a DB to understand how they think, so you can beat them that way. Crazy. That's right. that's pretty smart because yeah. he's he's used to seeing seeing it from the other angle in reverse. Yeah. So now he knows what's you know if if, if he if he can get a, a sense of what step they they would take, he can yeah. counter it. That's, that's a smart approach. He's a, he's a, he's the kind of guy that wants to learn, and I think yeah he that's that's one of the ingredients that you need to be great. Plus you know obviously he has incredible physical talent. He's yeah the raw talent is top speed and that what was it sixty eight. Box jump? His vertical is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> There's so many different dynamics that this offense can open up with him next year that are more interesting than what we saw this year. And I think it'll be fascinating to see how well we can do that. Um, and then Jordan Duncan also came along pretty well at the end of last season, too. Like, we're set at wide receiver. There's zero yeah. concern for me there. We, we were set this year. People were, were worried that, oh, we've lost our top six targets. You know, we're going to have a drop-off. If you've been following the recruiting, even in a cursory manner, I think you would realize that we're pretty pretty well stocked with talent there, and that's yeah, that's going to carry over into this year. I I will say one of the things I'm looking forward to is year two of the Spavital offense and seeing seeing how that sort of develops and see what wrinkles he he adds. Yeah, I'm definitely curious for that too. I mean, every everything in terms of like the skill positions will be returning guys. So they'll know the system for another year, right? Vic will be coming back from his injury. Trey will still be there. Of course, all the wide receivers. And I believe we still have half our O-line. So that alone, 
you know, is is a pretty good foundation. And the big question, of course, is at quarterback, but, I mean, we can discuss that later. Um, yeah. I, I think we have 40% of our O-line at least. Uh, maybe yeah. 60, but at least it's 40, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that later with the whole Cochran's dad tweeting out weird things uh, at the end of the UCLA game. So, uh, But <laughs> part two for me, uh, my top of the line, Charlie Buckets. Oh, dear God, that man... That man, so good. that man is a revelation. I can't. He doesn't. I can't call him that man because he looks like a baby. He's a baby face assassin. <laughs> he is. He truly is. He really is. He looks like he's fourteen. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but the, the the thing that topped it off for me while I was writing up this program today was that shot from half court during the UC Davis game was like just. I, don't even know how to describe it. To have, to have the guts to dribble past one defender and then kind of go up and under with the dribble and then just come straight up and just launch it. And we asked, they asked him after the game um, how he felt about that shot coming off his hands, and he said he felt real good about it, which is why he followed it all the way to the baseline. Like he, <laughs> he took a victory lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he faced, he faced that side, which was where... Um, the band was plus a couple, a few of the football players was sitting in that section, and he just got up, put his hands up, and just did, did a little, did a little wave, um, and flashed yeah. his threes. Exactly, man, the yeah. swag that that kid has is just, I don't, and the confidence, I, you can't, I, yeah, there's no words to describe how good that kid is. We're so fortunate <laughs> that we have him on our team. There's only one person we need to thank for this, and that's Josh Pastner. Yeah. <laughs> There's really no other person we need to thank. Thank goodness he's no longer <laughs> coaching in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, and that, in, I guess, that, that in Conzo, because so, Conzo was, got in his, I guess, recruited him well enough that he was, you know, a close second. Right. So, thank you. Thank yeah, you. You, you know, I, I got to say, it, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that he made the shot. <laughs> Because, you know, from that distance, maybe it'll go in, maybe it won't. Yeah. But I, I agree that it's the, the way he took the shot, this, the sort of confidence and swag that he has, that it's, that it, it's an intangible quality. It's hard to, it's hard to know that's what you're going to get in a player. And a freshman, too. Especially in a freshman, you know. I, I, I wish that kind of confidence and, you know, that attitude could kind of brush off on some of our other, <laughs> our other guys who, who you know, I feel are pretty talented, but it Not doesn't confident. always show because, you know, you make a mistake, you miss a shot. And, you know, Conzo was talking about a little bit in his uh, post-game interview favorably in terms of Charlie that, you know, if he, he, he makes a mistake, he makes a pass, and it, and it tr- turns into a turnover, he's trying to make a play. And so he doesn't he, – and he, he doesn't – dwell on it he moves on to the next thing because he knows he's just trying to make a play he's a basketball player and so he said we'll go over it in film but then you know that's it he goes on to the next and I think that what happens with some some of the other guys maybe they they might be dwelling on it a little bit and it, it gets in their head and they, they can't move on to the next play you have to have a short memory when you're a point guard. basketball player yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially a point guard and a ball handler too um, yeah the only the only little remark and I, that I remember was the statistic that on the season right now he has 30 assists and 31 turnovers. That is not a ratio you want as a point guard. But then you look at his scoring, and if he has the ball in his hands that much and he's you know dropping 20 a night, do do people really mind the turnovers if he's getting that much? Like if he's if he's getting five assists and five turnovers, but he's also scoring 22 points, 
is that really that bad as a freshman point guard? Like, I don't think so. I'm, as a freshman, it's great. Yeah, right. but it needs to get better. it's yeah, damaging. Well, yeah, that that on top of the fact that Chris Paul dropped twenty points and twenty assists with no turnovers last night too. So that was like, there's there's your there's the you, bar. <laughs> yeah, there's there's the bar of point guards. Uh, that's where you want to be if you want to pri- be a primary ball handler. So yeah, uh, and then for my last point, Lamar Jackson. Winning the Heisman, I, at, there was they came a point in the season where it was just you knew he was winning it, like <laughs> there was no question. Louisville, Louisville, if 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 you will, <laughs> became pretty much must see, uh, must see television as far as I was concerned. Like every every weekend, I would flip around and if I saw the Louisville game, that's what I was watching because. It was Electric. it was a show. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun to watch. They were the most fun to watch team in college football this year, by far. It was fantastic. I, I there was it was Lamar Jackson and then a bunch of other people that I. It was obviously his his award that he deserved to win by far. He's he can do. He was like magical in in in, in respects. He could do it all. It was. You know the the level of athleticism and ability to his vision to, you know, just tweak his body a little bit uh, and make people miss. It was I've, I've it's a he's a rare athlete. I haven't seen too many players like that. Yeah, you haven't seen that much like versatility and agility in a quarterback that much. Like you've seen power. Like you've seen guys like Cam. You've seen guys like Tim Tebow. Like guys who run with power. You haven't seen a guy that just like. It's like a ballerina, basically, in the pocket. And he's accurate. And, yeah, and, and he's, he's accurate. accurate. Yeah. yeah. He's not just an athlete out there. Yeah. I mean, he's dropping, like, the 60-yard 60, 60 bombs, like, on the dot to his wide receiver. Like, the wide receiver doesn't have to even break stride, doesn't even have to outstretch his arms. It's just just right, like, a foot beyond your numbers, and it's right there. Like, it's the guy was incredible this year. Really unfortunate <laughs> that the Niners aren't going to be able to draft him. You never know. You never know. Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, he's he's only a junior, right? No, he's a, he's sophomore. a sophomore. A sophomore, yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't come out. He might if he keeps this up. I dare say he might win back-to-back Heisman's. He oh, could he's be. Got to sure. be the favorite going yeah. next year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless he drops off the Mac like McCaffrey. Unless, did. Yeah, Rosen <laughs> or Rosen now. Yeah, Rosen. Yeah. yeah, Rosen could come back. Yeah. That's it for my top three. Andy, you want me to read out your top three for you? Yeah. All right. I think it's Coaching Carousel, number one. Yeah, Coaching Carousel featuring Sonny Dykes, number one. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about this because it's two years in a row now. And I'll just start off by saying sort of my thoughts. Uh, My thoughts initially when Jared, we all knew Jared was going pro, and then all of a sudden the Sonny rumors came about was that he was doing it on behalf of his coaches and getting the salary up and all that and getting his assistance paid. And then this year, though, you can't fall back on that. And so there's two things. One, you have things like uh, Luke, who's liking tweets about the coach being gone, which was weird and awkward, forced awkwardness. Mm -hmm. And you also have no longer that foundation that you can sell your players on, hey, I'm doing this for this reason. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if the players like see him being out I know it's just weird, and you're selling a vision, and luckily that he's selling the university, and but you were the one that sent the. It's just sort of. It seems like everything is in flux mm-hmm. um, since that's happened, and I found myself awkwardly in a position of. I said that if you beat UCLA, I wouldn't be on the full peace <laughs> out train, so I'm sticking to that, 
But at the same time, <laughs> uh, I didn't find myself being like, please don't get that job. I was more on the lines of like, all right, Baylor, go ahead, have them. <laughs> Which was weird. I didn't want to be that way about my coach. And now that we... Now that we have him, I'm like, oh, uh, well, I, I kind of thought you were gone. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's like if you were to end a long-distance relationship and then realize that, that or end a relationship because you were, like, leaving to college, but then maybe, like, you eat, one person was delayed admission and ended up getting in anyways, and you're like, well, I kind of thought this was going to be over. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, it was a... It was a Weird, weird. How many weeks was it? Like a. It was like two like or three. Two or like three weeks. Solid weeks of. Yeah, Is he gone? Is he here? Yeah. Well, that's it. look, I don't. I don't hate Sonny. Uh, yeah, I've. I was. Mixed on his hiring at first, but I came around and was you know, obviously wanted to be successful. Uh, there are a lot of things I like about him personally. I think he's a pretty good dude as far as D one head football coaches go. They can. A lot of them are kind of skeezy, scummy, D-bag types, and I, I don't think he's that that way. I know a lot of people like talking about, uh, you know, oh, he's from Texas, and he's itching to go back. But, you know, I, I think he genuinely does like it out here, and I think he's he likes a lot of things that Cal represents and has embraced a lot of it. And so, I, you know, I, I think it's not a black-and-white picture like that, but that said... You know, not having any inside information, but just looking at the facts available on the table and the way people were talking, it seems pretty clear that, like, okay, yeah, I agree last year, you could play it. He was, you know, negotiating for a better deal for his extension and for his, his assistance. He just signed a lucrative extension, though, now. So that excuse is not off the table. It looks like, I think if, if he got the Baylor job, he would have taken the Baylor job. And I think it looks like if he was offered the Baylor job, our AD would have let him take the Baylor job and not fought too hard to keep him. So, and it's hard, it's hard to, to get over that perception that's there. And the fact is that he's still here now. And I think a lot of Cal fans are, were, were looking forward to like, okay, well, maybe we can have a, a new coach to be excited about. Uh, and now we don't have that. We just have that weird feeling going into next year and maybe we'll get a new DC to be excited about a little bit, but depending on who it is, like it looks, how do you, how do you hire the, you know, the best and brightest kind of DC, somebody, you know, up and coming who's got a career that they're trying to build. If it looks like you have one foot out the door and they might have to go shopping for a new job after next year. I don't know. It's, it's a really up in the air kind of place that we're in right now. Yeah, I mean, just for people who weren't up to date or on Twitter and wasn't, so this is this is a very concise version of the timeline. Was Baylor looks for a new coach? Uh, reports come out that Baylor's top hire would be Sunny, or top candidate was Sunny. Then reports came out refuting that he's actually in the top three. Then reports came out saying that he was uh, he had an informal meeting. Then rumors came out that he actually did have an interview, and then rumors came out saying that Baylor had interviewed actually like four or five other people, and then they interviewed, and then they were uh, signing, uh, they were un they were negotiating the contract with Blake Anderson, 
And then literally the day later, they announced that um, Matt Rule Matt Rule is their new head coach. So that's where we were at, and that's that went over the span of like two, three weeks. Like, yeah, I mean, it was two or something. Yeah, but still. Yeah, I I could say this in like two minutes, but this was like an outstretched like two weeks of whether, like, is he really? Did he really interview? Did but the? Yeah, I think Avi had a good solid week of. Daily Sunny Dykes watch <laughs> I mean, for me personally, like it was one of those things where all you needed was one of three people to come out and refute the rumors. You needed either the SID, right? Which that's which is in Colorado. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Is when Mac McIntyre was uh, connected to the job, the SID came out. Like he basically told everyone to shut up because that's not true, and he's not he's not going anywhere. And then Matt came out, I think, after the, the championship game, and he's like, "No, I'm not, no, going, I'm not going to Baylor." I'm, yeah, I'm not going. Very to, definitively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, the, so you needed either him to say a, a comment, or you needed Dykes to come out and say a comment, mm-hmm. or you needed Mike Williams, who's our AD, to come out and say a comment. No three persons spoke a word on these rumors. Nobody said peep. Back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a single word about the rumors. Like, it wasn't even a, like, a, oh, those those rumors aren't true, and then just move on to the next question. Like, there wasn't even a deflection about the comment. Like, it was just chirping quiet. Like, <laughs> like you could hear grasshoppers. <laughs> it was, it was, I don't know, I've never seen this before. Like, because, because I remember, I, if, if I'm remembering this correctly, when Sonny was looking at the Missouri job, I believe it was Williams or there was a there was someone refuted the the thing that he was interviewing at Missouri. Yeah, Williams did. Yeah, Williams did, and this time around, not a single word, which which was really weird. And so that's when I knew. That's when I like I realized, oh, like this 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 is really uh we're not pushing you out the door, but if you leave, we're not stopping you. Yeah. And I, I got to say, the thing I wonder about is what what must be the strain on the friendship of Mac Rhodes and Sonny Dykes? Because <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he was the AD at Houston, I think, back before they hired Tom Herman, and yep. Sonny Dykes was a candidate. He was uh, the AD at Missouri, like Last we were just mentioning, <laughs> where Sonny Dykes was potentially a candidate, and now he's the AD at Baylor. So that's that's three times Sonny Dykes has been the bridesmaid, but not the bride, <laughs> for Mac Rhodes. And I, I just wonder, is that friendship a little strained now that I think I think Sonny wanted this one and he didn't get it. So So you think he wanted that's the thing that's the thing I can't arrive at. Is like I wonder if if that's the case and you look at the other coaches too, that especially the one they hired at Baylor, I don't I'm not sold. On him being a better candidate than Dykes would have been. No, I, I think, I think they're comparable. Yeah. So, well, if anything, you know that Dykes can at least rebuild a program that's and run a clean ship. Yeah, that was in terrible shape like the past couple of years, like or not in terms of on the field but off the field. And you saw him do that when he came to Cal. So at least you have that basis. And Sonny got like, credibility. I agree. Yeah, Sonny is a good interview too. Like Sonny, when we go to the conferences and. Like he'll look you and answer your question and look you dead. Like Davis Webb just stares at the camera, but Sonny literally looks at you and addresses your question to you. And I think I have a hard time seeing him and him being like a bad interview. Yeah. So if those two opportunities did come up, 
potentially maybe he is leaning. I mean, you can make the case Missouri. Yeah, I was going to lean on my friend to help, you know, get me the resources I needed to build the program I want. But this time, you know, there was questions around whether or not he formally interviewed. I, I didn't even know whether or not there was a formal interview. There was a chat that took place, but I didn't know if it was anything more than that. Yeah, and there was so, also that rumor where he was visiting, I think, the high school, the Texas, Texas. high school football like association or something like that, mm-hmm. and that's about two hours away from Waco. So that's where people in that picture went up with him and Tom and all there. So people had a couple rumors based off of that, but even off of that, we that's not like a surefire thing. Because literally, like, the day later, apparently he was down in uh, L.A. watching some high school football games and yeah. talking to recruits. So Bosco versus... Yeah. yeah. Talking to David Shaw and Mark uh, and uh, uh, USC coach... Todd Helton. Hel- Helton. Clay Helton. Clay Helton. Yes. Clay Helton. Todd, Todd, Todd Helton. The baseball player. <laughs> well, he was also a, a quarterback at Tennessee. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I this was one... Of, it, was, it was weird. And... I don't. I I always want to play a little bit of devil's advocate to this, and you know, people are like, "Oh, like, like Sonny wants to leave. Like, let him leave. Like, if he keeps wanting to leave." But why aren't we thinking one step prior to that too? Like, is it possible there's a reason that he would want to leave, not just starts off at the fact that he wants to leave? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, and and that's what I want. That's that's the question. That's the bigger question I have is what if if something got him to you know want to leave. What was that? Was that the relationship with the AD? Was that um, like he just sees the the writing on the wall? Like does it's does he feel like there's no like bigger opportunity to grow the program here? Like I I truly wonder what that question was that he came to to say, yeah, I think I might start looking for another place to go. Um, if I were to take a shot at it, yeah, um, coming to the Bay Area and the opportunity to build a premier program with the facilities we have, the prestige we have at our university in one of the most rapidly growing and successful places in the country looks great from afar, but nobody really understands what a public university looks like and is run in California. And that is a whole different ball game. And I wonder if, like expectation met reality and expectation was here and re- and reality was much lower than that where and perhaps that's sort of like like my uh, fiance works for the university we all went to cal like we know the ridiculousness that you have to go through mm-hmm. um so i can i could see that and that's kind of like why when we started talking about next i was like i just want someone same reason why Michigan wanted to hire a Michigan person. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to hire someone like a Wilcox or um, someone with Cal ties. Or Ron like, Rivera. Yeah, but Rivera's like, <laughs> Rivera's ridiculous. Um, you know, Hugh Jackson or whatever. Like, they, but they have the familiarity. They know what they're signing up for. Can anyone pull Mooch out of retirement? Is he available? <laughs> probably on a golf course somewhere. I feel like that argument of you get to watch football and get paid a lot of money for it to come back and having to coach and get paid the same amount is like... Probably less. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably <laughs> less. What do you think? Honestly, yeah, I think it's a little all of the above here. Uh, I think maybe the relationship with the AD isn't great. I think we're uncertain looking into next year. Brand new quarterback, losing a 
big chunk of the O-line, still have huge questions on a terrible defense. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, just looking objectively, it's maybe a four to six win season if we're, you know, on the high side. <laughs> Even uh, The four being the high number, right? Well, <laughs> f- four being, uh, you know, I hope that's the floor, but it's probably not. You know, it's like, who's going to uh, yeah. be down next year? And, and I think you're, <laughs> you're on to something that, you know, to put it a little more bluntly is, I mean, the institutional environment at Cal is a mess. And, yeah, the, even within the athletic department, it's not well run. And is there are a lot of different push and pull, like – I think I, th- I think it's just a messy place to work. I think the the faculty pressures, uh, you know, getting things approved through the regents. I think every, everything is it's a, it's a not a, a fun environment. It's like pulling teeth, and then you get stupid things like you know our USC game on short turnaround while USC gets a bye week. You know, getting that's it's, it's, there's a lot of being set up to fail that's going on. Uh, at Cal, I feel like uh, f- for our football program, and yeah, it's a it's a tough place to win. We're in a tough division, and I think yeah, it's it it takes a special kind of person who uh, who gets it and is willing to put up with some stuff to 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 make it work. That yeah, I feel like even with good intentions, Sunny Sunny may have maybe reaching the end of his rope a little bit there, and I think they're. You know, place even like Baylor with its uh, massive different institutional problems um, you know that, it's a, probably a little easier operating environment for a football coach than Berkeley California is Baylor pub- is it's a pri- private re- religious Baptist school yeah so whole new world yeah and I'm sure that the donor list at Baylor is definitely significantly in the like the upper echelon of Donors, I think the number is probably significantly greater at Baylor than it is out here as well. I'm pretty sure that that, that booster, like if you looked at the, the from top to bottom of that Baylor donor list, it's probably pretty hefty compared to ours. Well, Art Browse was making $5 million a year, uh, <laughs> but then, you know, he won a ton of games and turned a doormat program into, you know, a championship contender. They are fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, they were. But then also, you know, they raped a bunch of people along the way. So, you know. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he but, needs but, to be out of coaching. Right. But, you know, he was, he was well compensated, and uh, I think they, they ponied up for his buyout. I, I don't know what Matt Rule's deal is going to be. but Probably a lot lower than that. But I'm sure a lot lower. A raise from what he made at Temple. But that's, I, think, I think one of the things about the, the Baylor job is, like, they were, if they wanted to, to hire, you know, a, a Brand name coach like a like a PJ Fleck or even a Brian Harson or some, some one of those up and comers, they were gonna need to break the bank and I, maybe that wasn't there. So I, I don't know. Maybe the 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 donor pool at, even at Baylor is not quite. Yeah, maybe it's dwindling. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're they're tapped out probably right now. Yeah, especially now. Like you're gonna ask me to make that investment after if, what just happened? after what <laughs> you guys just did with my previous one. I'm gonna be like, ah, nah, <laughs> like. You guys can you need to figure this out and you can come talk to me later. Yeah. But all right, I guess we'll move on to your second topic is a uh, defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we could just do two of them. Yeah, we, we'll just lead, <laughs> we lead can right into cancel it. Cancel my third one. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. We could, we could talk about it. No, so, your third one leads into what our next topic is, so it works out perfectly. Okay. So, well, yeah, the coordinator. Our next topic is boating. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who do you guys want as your, like, who would be on your short list? I mean, the, the big name that a lot of Cal fans, and this is, like, where it divides, <clears throat> of course, is Tosh. Um, Coach Lupoid. I mean, you know, being the linebackers coach in Alabama. And co-defensive coordinator. And co-def- I've looked yeah. on the website. Yeah, it says co-defensive coordinator. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think Pruitt is, is the actual defensive coordinator. And he calls like the plays. Assistant defensive coordinator kind of thing. but <laughs> Assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. To the regional manager. Um, but, yeah, I think for me that's, that's up there. I mean, it fits everything that I would want. Um, it, it goes by what you wanted, a guy who knows how to recruit within the Cal realm, right, of our academic standards and just all the other things that come along with it. There's, it's also a guy who knows the area and has recruited for us previously, whether that was good or bad, recruited for us. And on top of that is a guy who coached the defensive line at Washington under Sark and now coaches the linebackers under at Alabama, um, which... If you've looked at if you look look if you've looked at that list of linebackers that Alabama has produced over the last three years, I think Tosh has been there for two. So I'm just saying three years, just because there's probably guys that he coached and then just moved on to the NFL, didn't necessarily recruit there. That list is pretty hefty in terms of big name talent. And if that's the case, like where is our biggest need on defense? Uh, front seven. <laughs> and he's coached both positions. I, that that um, automatically solves a huge problem for us. And no matter what happens in terms of the coaching part of it and game, game calling and planning, I think that's... I'm, I'd be okay with the growing pains. Like, I'd be okay with a first-time defensive coordinator not calling the right plays at the right times. If... If he were able to get the right defensive guys in the positions that he wants. Well, according to Sonny, it's all about players anyways. Exactly. <laughs> I was just about to get to that. That was the weirdest, like, most un- throw every person on the defense under the bus comment I have ever heard. <laughs> ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, and ever will. I mean, for those who didn't, uh, which game was this? Do you remember? Stanford. The Stanford yeah, game? Big, I think it was after the big game. That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, because it was after a loss. Yeah, it was definitely wow. after a loss. That, that could have been many, many games. <laughs> <laughs> well, home loss is not that much. That's true. Yeah, home loss is not much. But, but yeah, year. that... This year, anyway. Yeah, this year. But he basically said that in order for you to... Well, someone asked him about getting better at tackling. And he said, the only way you get better at tackling is better athletes, which means better recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like maybe it was throwing Coffin? some of the defensive staff under the bus a little more. Uh, you yeah. know, I mean, I, I think the the players are what the players are, and I think he he knows they're they're trying they're trying hard. They're busting their butts out there. He also uh, said like uh, our defense has probably tackled more than any other defense in the country. Like in terms of practice, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I've been to most of your practices. Like he. he yeah. <laughs> like, really? Oh, yeah, you have that good perspective on that. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, it's... So here's the thing. I, I took uh, one of our other writers, Solomon Kim, and he went with me one day. And I never... I didn't play football. Like, I got into football when I got to college. So I don't know the real ins and outs. He played 
high school football. He was a safety um, at his high school down in L.A. And the thing that he was most frustrated, and he went to Cal too, and uh, the thing he was most frustrated about watching that practice was that the safeties and the DBs, instead of learning how to track, right, um, were, were practicing how to strip the ball. So they would, one guy would hold the ball in either hand and would kind of jog, and then the other guy would, like, be two steps behind him, would walk up, and then just act, just get the swing down to, to knock the ball out. And then another two steps, do the same thing. That was, like, when the teams went into their individual positional drills, that's one of the things they did. Um, like, the quarterbacks would do the whole garbage can thing, and then the step over the pylons, you know, the... The O-linemen would do the, the under the cage. The wide receivers would um, just run one-on-ones with the uh, – or uh, what's it? Run simple routes with all four quarterbacks throwing and get all that stuff down. So which was strange to me was to see the linebackers and the defensive backs do this because you would think that over the past two years, if you've, like, watched your own defense, you know the – the biggest thing we have against some of our guys was just you don't need to go for the turnover. Just get the guy down and live to fight another down. That wasn't being practiced. So I've told Andy this is if that's the habit you've built over spring ball and fall camp, you're not changing those habits midway through the season. And I can understand where Sonny is saying, oh, we, ta- we tackle a lot. Yes, you tackle a lot. You tackle the, the little the dummies, mm-hmm. uh, the pop-up dummies. But you do most of that when you're doing special teams. When Tomerdahl's on there and a lot of the special teams guys aren't, they're doing the pylon drill and, and learning how to tackle. But they're pretty much just launching themselves. You're, not, you're teaching them to, to tackle. You're not teaching them how to track before the tackle. And that's the biggest thing. You need to learn how to track guys and force them into places that are beneficial for you to tackle them right. and not give them the advantage. And you're, if you're not teaching those guys that, then it doesn't matter. You could, you could tackle 100 times the amount of any other NFL team, for crying out loud, and you wouldn't be able to make those tackles in a, on a game day. I feel like we took so many bad routes to the ball yeah. this year. Yeah, always. Like yeah. That's, that's why, Every year. That's why a run would, you know, we might not make contact until several yards past the line of scrimmage because we're constantly trying to catch up. It's like the Hawaii game. It's, it's like all the way back to the Hawaii game. Oh, you mean the Oregon State game too? I mean, yeah, well, obviously that one. But that, that was that was also a schematic issue, I think. Yeah, like Hawaii's, you know, that run was like, oh, there we go again. You know, Cal's back. That's why. I mean, I must have gotten seven text messages. Oh yeah, here we go, Cal football. And that's a great point. And, and maybe I said that that comment that he made came from being too far removed, in my opinion. That he probably delegates so much of the defensive responsibilities out that he looked at it from above and said, we need better athletes. Uh, and then was, I took it as more definitely more against the coaches, but it was part of how he delegated uh, his responsibility out. But um, to get us back to the D coordinator thing. Yeah. Oh, b- before we get there, All I right. just wanted, I have a question I'll toss out. Cause, uh, this this kind of came up in a conversation I was having was, about the right scheme, the right type of scheme anyway. Um, you know, I'm not, not necessarily 3-4 versus 4-3, uh, but we've, we've been playing a real keep them in front of you, and, you know, we, you got to be able to tackle like we were talking about uh, if we're going to play like that. But I kind of feel like 
for uh, up-tempo spread system that's designed to have a lot of plays, a lot of possessions. I think we, I think that type of system is a bad fit mm-hmm. because, and, you know, if you want to talk a little, a little bit game theory-ish, you know, scratching the surface <laughs> a little bit, I feel like if you if you're already playing a game that is designed to have extra possessions and extra plays having a defense which allows the other team to run a bunch of extra plays is doubling the amount of exposure your defense has well hence why we set the record twice this year for like number of plays played or snaps and plays by both teams right yeah. so i think you know it makes more sense to me to have an aggressive Attacking kind of defense. We I think blitz all night. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe not blitz all night, but you know, one that will have a lot of havoc plays and cause turnovers, and essentially create more possessions for our offense. And if they get burned on a few big plays, that's fine. Then you're getting off the field and you're getting the ball back to your offense. And if if you can create a few extra possessions on the defensive side, then if you have a good offense, that should put you over the top. Yeah, I think that's pretty much spot on. And I think what blinded them to that perhaps was our ability to force turnovers in the first half of the previous year. And they thought that running that similar scheme like would work again in producing that. And that also fits in really well with what you're talking about and them focusing on turnover-related activities. Mm-hmm. I'd... Re- if you're going to do any, that, you got to be good at the turnovers. Yeah, <laughs> and we didn't see it really any turnovers this year. I mean, every it, it, there really wasn't any magic happening. If there was, like, one that happened, we'd be like, ooh, yay, a turnover. Yeah. <laughs> be like some stupid interception <laughs> that didn't matter. Right. Like the pick um, six against Arizona State, like, I was like, oh, yay, we scored on defense, but no, yeah, okay, well, that negated what? <laughs> like, nothing? Yeah, that didn't, well, let's, that's, that's going to go down a whole different level. <laughs> yeah. So of any... Defensive scheme that I saw this year, I liked the three three five more than anything else. But I, I don't think I don't think we have the personnel to run it. <laughs> no, but yeah, we don't, we don't have linebackers. Yeah, yeah, it's like we don't have the three or the three that are athletic <laughs> enough to play the three three five. But for me, that was the one that I really thought like you could see fitting well with the type of offense we run, just because it's exciting. And and, and then you, I also looked at what SC did. I think they run a three four. Um, but they also require they require a lot the most of their tackles come out of their linebackers linebacker so we can't run that so it's also like I wonder like personnelize what we can run but I agree with you and I think this that maybe it really does stem up from a recruiting issue and Sonny's citing the right thing there and saying but then we still haven't by the way we still have the same D coordinator until January at least yeah well that's it. We're just waiting until January. I don't know. I think his I think his contract is up. I don't think it's up till April. Ah, uh, well. Well, so here's the here's the refuting here's the different things is there's um, Avi has a, a a copy of the contracts as well. Apparently, Kaufman's contract doesn't actually run out till 2018. Um, 2018 or 2017? 2018. What? Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna. I have thought to it buy was April. <laughs> I thought it was April 2017. But April 2017 is all our other defensive staff. Mm. <laughs> so 
it's it's a weird situation. And why did they go through April? Yeah, and the the weirder part for me is that Kaufman that's is through signing day at least, right? Yeah. So the weird thing is Kaufman is no nowhere to be found. Me. Yeah, that's the bigger thing for me is Kaufman's nowhere to be found. I gotta like, imagine he's as good as gone. There's Gorsi yeah. tweeted out he was retiring. I I feel like I was the only one who saw <laughs> this. Yeah. What? Gorsi literally tweeted out that he was retiring. Okay, well then let's just say he's gone. Yeah, but, uh, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. but I'll, I'll, I'll. It was just no one's followed up Gorsi. on it. Yeah, no one. <laughs> he tweeted it no. out, and I saw it, and he was like, oh, "He'll be <laughs> retiring at the end of this season." Oh, and then cool. I was like, "Never saw it ever again." All right, I'm sold. That's good enough for me. <laughs> let's talk about. Let's talk about who could replace him because. I mean, retiring or not, he's got to go. Yeah, there's, there's no way. If you're not, if if you're not gonna buy, if the donors aren't gonna buy out Sonny, and and force him to leave, the least they can do is pay probably the meagerest buyout that's probably associated with yeah, and Kaufman's I, I, 2018 I, I, contract. After Boo, I'm sure we didn't <laughs> give Kaufman a massive buyout. <laughs> I haven't looked at that. I've looked at Sonny's contract. I haven't looked at Kaufman's contract. Yeah, Kaufman actually but. makes. Um, so I mean, this is. I'll just throw this out there, just so when we talk about this, is the money aspect behind it is I think Kaufman makes the top four in the pa- or top five in the Pac-12. Yeah, he's well he's paid. A, yeah, upper five hundred. Yeah. So if that's the case, we have. I mean, just competitively speaking, we have the money to offer a pretty decent coordinator. Right, but of that, course that the standard of living back here, is, here is yeah, they, you know that's that's a standard of living is part of it. But yeah, you know, I think you know once you're getting to. I think that it really affects like assistant positional coaches yeah, yeah. rather than coordinators because yeah. I mean you can you can afford to live in the Bay Area for making half a mil, um, <laughs> barely. But you can. <laughs> yeah, it's doable. You can uh, scrape by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, reg- regardless, we should talk about who who yeah. was because do yeah, you have the, any? The, this is the minimal deck chair <laughs> arrangement that needs to be done on this Titanic of Cal football in order for the, the for anybody. To, is this pre iceberg or after iceberg? Because that's that's it's a that's a big. Dis- well, are we are we putting the women and children on the <laughs> lifeboats yet? Like, are we at that point? The, <laughs> the iceberg is out there. We may or may not have hit it. It's like the Schrodinger's. Uh, boat right now we don't know so my thing is why wait why would you wait when you have someone like you hire willie taggart to come up to oregon he'll go out and start recruiting for you the minute he gets hired why would you, if you already know someone's out why are you waiting the why only, not take advantage of an extra month of recruiting? well we were talking about tosh right if if he was the guy he's got a playoff game at least ahead of him then we're waiting and waiting for that to at least take place. The, at least New Year's is when we're waiting. So right. if we're all in on Tosh, that makes sense. But you think we'd at, at least be actively looking at other candidates, right? Maybe we are, and maybe there just hasn't yeah, been any leaks about it. Yeah. And that's yeah, that seems pretty unlikely. I've especially heard, given the state of the fact that it seems pretty clear that we will have that change being made. Here's the only thing I'll say about that is I've heard from reporters when we sit on press row for basketball, um, and it, yeah, for basketball, that leaks coming out of Cal are very hard to come by. Hmm. It's very difficult to come by leaks coming from the school. So if that's the case, like I could definitely see this as a they're just. They're asking people and they're gauging interests like from behind closed doors, but it's just not going as fast as they expected to or 
or pushing it like we would hope them to. Well, we only found out a week ago that Sonny was not going to be the head coach at Baylor. <laughs> that is true, too. Yeah. So maybe they were waiting for that to play itself out first. Like we, I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know where these linebacker recruits are going to come from. <laughs> no, if you're sitting there and everyone in the world is like, yeah, you know, oh yeah, come over and talk to me. But oh yeah, who's going to your coordinator going to be? Oh, we're not sure yet. Blah, blah, yeah. Like, like, okay, I'm just. I'll it go doesn't. To SC. It doesn't help when you're sending your director of player personnel. We're sending our wide receiver coach to go recruit <laughs> linebackers. <laughs> we're we sent KP. To uh, what's it? I think Jay Godfrey, I believe, or uh, or uh, one of the linebackers here in Oakland. Oh, K- right. KP's KP's the the hold the rope coach. Like he's right, the right. he's the player personnel coach. Like he he helps you get adjusted to Cal and like school and stuff. He he's a good person to talk to. He's a great guy. He's but, a great guy, but but not what I'm saying, coach. like yeah, he's not he's not. He on, played on the running back <laughs> under Tedford at Oregon. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's the uh, yeah that's the part where I'm like. If you're if you know you're that short staffed, go out and get a guy. Well, but you know we we want it to be a good guy. We our we defense do. is it needs the help. <laughs> so I you know I'd like to see recruiting. I, I'd like to see him swing for the fences a little bit. I wouldn't mind a little out of the box kind of a hire. Do you have any in mind? Uh, well, let's see. So we 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 we, we talked we, about have we exhausted the Tosh subject. Yes. Oh, yeah, I just will say I'm fully in favor of it. I'm fully in favor of it, too. I'm pretty much in favor. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I, so maybe a, it's a generational divide, yeah. I don't know. But like, Water under the bridge for me at this for, point. For me, I feel like, okay, I, I'd be fine if he wants to come back and make amends and, and you know re, rebuild his reputation with his alma mater. I'm, I'm happy, happy to offer the chance. But, you know, I think the folks that are in favor of it sort of unreservedly – like okay, I get it. He's a great recruiter. We want to win. You know, I, I, there's there's a lot of appeal there, and he he's obviously been able to recruit at Cal before. But I think you have to at least acknowledge that on his way out. And you know, you can say that he was wronged. You know, Sandy and Tedford threw him under the bus with the faking injuries thing, and yeah. they undervalued him as a as a an asset as a, you know, he was recruiter of the year and maybe they didn't give him the credit and the financial compensation and the, you know, uh, title that he wanted. And so he was disgruntled. You can say all that and say, okay, I don't blame him for leaving for Washington. Sark, you know, was blowing kisses his way and gave him a raise and his buddy, Justin Wilcox or whatever. He left for a job where he felt like he had a better opportunity. That's understandable. But he did some crummy stuff on his way out. He left Tedford hanging at the airport. He, on a recruiting trip, from what I understand, and yeah. I, I could be mistaken in my, in my understanding of the situation, but you know, he, obviously he flipped a bunch of recruits. He blew up our recruiting class, told people don't go to Cal. He was talking smack about Cal for years after that. It's not normal, you know, employment separation behavior. No, he's, he, he, he literally blew stuff. up the bridge as he left. He didn't, right. he didn't just there's, burn it. He blew it up. There's, yeah, there's leaving it and, you know, completely detonating a <laughs> massive explosion on your way out. And, you know, personally, I mean, if, if, he, if he comes, regardless, I'll, I'll hope he does well because I want Cal football to do well. But my opinion of him is not all, you know... Roses and... All, yeah, not, you know... Yeah, 
a bed of roses. Yeah. So, you know, I would like to see that, okay, you know, you do some, some dumb stuff when you're young and, you know, you're in a situation where you're frustrated. I'd like to see him at least say that, you know, I did some stuff I regret. Um, and, right. I, you know, I, I just at least express some regret. That's some, some, something to, I, uh, like, to speak to what happened on his yeah, way out. Yeah, look forward to working to rep- repair the... Yeah, right. And if he lost. if he was hired, I'd expect him to say that at his first press conference. Like right. I'd just I'd expect that's it. the first thing to to say and and just just acknowledge the fact like, hey, I did some things when I was last here, but I hope I, to put that all to rest. I you regret know, the term yeah. on, of, uh, on which I left, yeah. but I you know I I'm, I'm real happy to be back at Cal and want to want to make my alma mater. That's proud. fine. Some some kind of platitude, yeah. and everyone can forget about it, and we can go on our merry way. Yeah, but um, I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna say anything unless he's actually hired here. Of course. Yeah, there's no reason yeah. for him to acknowledge any of that. <laughs> hey, I'd just uh, like to make an announcement. <laughs> just tweet out for the first time in like three months. <laughs> I, I definitely can, can imagine if he, if he was hired, he wouldn't say anything about it as well. Yeah, that would be disappointing. I can yeah. totally see him why he wouldn't want to. Right. If you're just like thinking forward. Yeah. And then, you know, just as a, a, somebody who was, who was watching and observing Cal football throughout that period, like, I'd be disappointed. Yeah. But. Yeah. But beyond it that. what it is. Let's move on from Tosh. Is there any other DCs you would like to – any other guys you can think of? I just want someone that's like Grinch from Washington State, you know, <laughs> good safeties coach that can come in and, and give our defense an identity besides being awful. You just shot in the arm? My, my under-the-radar pick that I've been kind of plumping on the blog for uh, several weeks now is, uh, is Chris Partridge. Who is – He is the linebackers coach at Michigan, which is the best defense in college oh, football. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a young guy. I thought you sent me it. Did I? No, I sent you the linebackers coach at UCLA, I think. Weren't we hoping that if Harbaugh had left or something? Oh, that's like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's a great but, pick. But, you know, he's a young guy. Uh, I think he's he's from the East Coast. I think he was a like a, a head coach at a high school in New Jersey or something. Like, a, like I think it was a powerhouse high school in oh, and then New Jersey. Te- and then Harbaugh picked him up? Yeah. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, he's been a head coach even if it's just at the high school level. And uh, he seems like a sharp guy, and he's working with the best defensive staff, Don Brown, and and there, there's some grizzled little veterans on that staff. And I think... It's all Harbaugh. Harbaugh's <laughs> no, so good. Well, it's not, it's not all Harbaugh. That Don Brown is a fantastic I know, coordinator. But look at the Niners. And look <laughs> at all where our coaches went, and all those coaches were being heralded as being such defensive-minded coaches. And they have just been okay. It's, it's Harbaugh comes in and just creates this mentality. It's incredible. It is, but I think I think there are definitely plenty of Harbaugh coaching tree members who have been successful, good coaches on the defensive side of the football in other places. Uh, yeah, yeah. So totally fair. That's so, a great. Anyway, that's he's a great young pick. guy. He was scout recruiter of the year, twenty sixteen or something like that. Um, so. You know, his ties you think are more he makes maybe, the leap, though? Like, do you think Midwest. he's going to, like, make that jump? Who, ca- who cares? Like, <laughs> honestly, if he's a good recruiter, if he's a, a guy, you can say, hey, you can sell him on it. Like, hey, it's a promotion. It's a it's an opportunity at a, you know, power, power five, five school. Yeah. Um, Wait, I mean, but isn't that the you same? You want a guy with upside. And, you know, if he fails, then we have the 127th ranked defense already. It can't get much yeah, worse. Yeah, it can't get any worse. So and if you, he's you got to gamble re- on a guy, I think. Yeah. You know? And if That's... he's not going to be a recruiter, he's going to leave the cupboard stacked, which is yeah. the same argument I'm making for Tosh. Yeah. I think most of us are making for Tosh, right, is most people are saying, oh, he's never had the defensive – he's never called plays. Like, 
as I said, I'm willing to go through those growing pains if he's pulling in the four or five star recruits for us right. and restocking that cupboard on the defensive side. Right. And I'm not asking for an Alabama type defensive class, but the occasional five like we do on offense, and then you know a consistent level of fours with the with the project threes. That you're building a program on the defensive side right there. Right. And and you know it's, it's not like th- these guys are learning about you know as a position coach he's he's worked with Wilcox who's a running one of the best defenses at Wisconsin right now in the country. Uh, and he's working at Alabama, also one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, you know, I, I think Tosh has, I'm sure, picked a few things up over the years, and I, it seemed probably ready for, for the next step. And I'm hoping you know, a guy like Chris Parker, even another talented position coach somewhere, if, if we can't – I mean, we're, we're not going to get, you know, Dave Aranda – Anymore, I, we, from what I understand, by the way, I think Sonny had interviewed Aranda back when he was first hired, and he ended up hiring Boo. But I think he wanted Aranda. Hmm. This uh, this is my my memory of the situation because uh, Aranda was a Utah State uh, coach at the time. Sad. And what, what happened? And I, I remember I'd watched Utah State that year, and I was <laughs> very impressed with their defense and with Dave Aranda. And I was like, oh yeah, I hope it's I hope it's Aranda. I hope it's Aranda. And what ended up happening was that Gary Anderson got hired to Wisconsin, and Aranda went with him. Mm. So instead of coming to Cal, he he went to Wisconsin. Wisconsin or Nebraska? Gary no. Anderson. Gary Anderson went to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And, uh, oh. Mike Riley went to Nebraska. That's right. That's right. Mike Riley went to Nebraska. So yeah, and I think you know Anderson left Wisconsin because Barry Alvarez was Andy Buzz Bigfooting him or He's, something. I don't know. Andy Buzz running a good defense now. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> But uh, much better than ours. Anyway, so we had a chance at, 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 at you know bite at the apple with Dave Aranda, and now he's you know obviously out of reach. <laughs> um, so we're not going to get somebody like that. So I think you got to go with a with a you know a young up and comer with upside. Last time, I think we felt like we were in a position of needing someone that had experience to teach the basics and just bring some normalcy. And this time, it's very much like I'm. Like yeah. so far in that camp of this hire has to be someone that can grow rather than like someone experienced coming into this role and just like marginally improving it isn't going to get us anywhere. Yeah. I, Art Kaufman was a tourniquet hire. <laughs> just stop the bleeding. <laughs> exactly. Gauze it, gauze it, wrap it, gauze it, gauze it, wrap it. Uh, I, for me personally, like I just want to see a defensive coach that's not in the box. I want to see someone who's down there on the field. I want to see a guy who's, who's jumping up and down with his linebackers after a huge hit. I want to see a guy jumping up and down and slapping the helmets of his DBs after a great interception. Like I want, I, and, and someone barking at guys if they're not making the right plays or making the right adjustments that he's calling out to them. Like I, I think that's the only way you improve a young defense is having a guy on the sidelines coaching you up on every snap. And having a guy up in the box just calling plays through his radio, like, isn't really going to coach up a team that needs to improve. And you you need once you see the consistency of your defense, then you can go up into the box and just kind of manage, right? Because you because the players now know what you're expected to do, and the coaches already know how you're going to play. And then now you can take it back and do a little more stuff with that defense because you know at least this is the floor that we have. 
But if you don't even know the floor that your team has and the floor is consistently going on and erasing and going out from under you, then you need a guy on there to grab a guy by the jersey and say, you need to make that tackle in that gap. Or you need to make that play on that ball. I don't care if you, you get a penalty for it. Just go after the damn ball. Like you, you need a guy there to just coach him up. And I think that's the big thing for me is regardless of whether it's a young coach, an old coach, no matter who it is, I need a, I, I really want to see a defensive coordinator just on the field just getting into guys' faces. Because Sonny does that with all the offensive guys. You drop a pass, he's in your face. You make a fumble, he's in your face. Like you get a holding call, you're, he's in your face. I need a guy on the defense that does that mm-hmm. and, and holds all the defensive players accountable for all their mistakes and praises them every time they do something perfect and amazing. That's, that's the, uh, realistically, that's my only expectation at this point. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it kind of speaks to a little bit the culture of the team. I, uh, you know, defense can't be an afterthought because uh, this program's only going to go as far as the defense will let us. Yep. So, yeah. I, uh, stylistically, I, I'm, you know, I could, whatever works. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a, you know, passionate believer in, in your face or hands off or, you know, I think whatever, whatever, whatever works. works with your group of guys, yeah. you know, find a way because but but it has to be important yeah and yeah it hasn't hasn't felt like defense was important and ho- hopefully hopefully that's that thought and that's is what's driving the dc hire that it needs to be you know sort of elevated in the program and they need to find a guy who will you know sort of be that ca- carry the torch for the defense and and you know or light light the fire yeah you know under Guys, butts. Yeah, the only reason I say that too is because you know after this season, I've I've come to realize the 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 cheering um, and the yelling that we do when we're on defense has died down significantly. And I, you know, it's two sided, right? You can also say that it's just there's not that many people in the crowd. Um, the defense isn't just as exciting to watch as it was with Tedford. Um, but that's why I would want that type of coach on the sidelines because if you're a spectator at the game and you see the you see your defensive coach, like, you know, like the first interception that might happen on the season of defense court is like jumping into that linebacker de- defensive back's arms and like, you know, getting him up there and the entire defense is jumping up and down. I, I can't help but think that if you're in the stadium watching that game and you see that happen as guys are coming back to the sideline, you're going to get a little bit more excited every time the defense is on there too and you kind of expect something that they'll get a big stop or they'll, they'll make the big turnover, right? And that, that'll build – and if that sound builds, then the players are going to feed off that, and they're going to play better, in my opinion. So yeah. defense is about uh, energy and yeah. effort. I mean, it's about you know, execution, being in the right place, and, and you know making the right play. But it's you know so it's, much about it's, confidence. It's, it's reactive, and, yeah. so it's it's really about you reacting quickly and vigorously, and that's that's about being pumped, being excited. And you, we saw the, the Utah game. You know, there's we we can do that yeah. from time to time. But we, we need that con- consistently to be... Yeah, we need that consistently like two, three times yeah. a game like yeah. to get those like short stops that turn the tide. We never we only got that like two times this year. <laughs> Any other highest for you, Andy, that you can think of? No, not off the top of my head. Yeah. But, I mean, it's something that I've really only been focusing on Tosh. That's it. But, um, I mean, there's... 
there's plenty of candidates that can fit that that fit that bill. You really don't have to be that good. Like the the standard of success is so low. Um, you can easily wow anyone. Yeah, yeah. Like we're talking like seventieth best defense in college football. Every all of us would be high fiving. Oh well, well, but th- that's the thing. Our our defense just needs to be mediocre, and we'll have a good team, right? Yeah. I I think our offense is good enough that with a mediocre defense, we can at least be a contender. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I I just I don't want to see a journeyman, the you know some guy who's been around the block a few times, you know has yeah they've been good at times, been bad at times, yeah just I, I want someone ex- to ex- bring some excitement to the program on the defensive side. And, yeah. yeah, it has to be because if we're not going to get it from the head coach position, then we got to get it from the. Yeah. I don't want to come into this just lulling <laughs> lulling into next season. Uh, with no quarterback. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions going into the off, this offseason. It's uh, – I dare say it will be a pretty – I think the spring camp this year is going to be very important, mm-hmm. um, especially, this, like, figuring out who our next quarterback is going to be. And I, I pray to God it's figured out by the end of the spring. But I'm knowing what has happened in the last – when Jared, that first Klindergoff year, and then last year with Webb coming in – this is not going to be sorted out until halfway through fall camp, I imagine, once again. <sighs> All right, moving on. <laughs> so so what do we have now? Is it uh, Garbaumont? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't... So there's, there's, I, I don't have a favorite in this race, no, honestly. There's Garbers, Bowers, Forrest. Oh, yeah, Forrest, yeah, that's right. Viramontes and Gilliam. Oh, Gilliam, I completely <laughs> forgot about Gilliam. <laughs> Gilliam's going to be good. So, yeah, you got those. That's so, like, Gillifor can be his first name. <laughs> Someone's going to make a Twitter account with this. Someone's <laughs> with all five guys' names merged into one. Uh, all right, but moving on from that, um, I guess uh, we'll go into our awards for this season just quickly. Um, do you guys have an MVP for this year? Um, I guess we can go I, – I guess we'll have to pick – we can pick two, one on the offensive side, one on the defensive side. Um, Andy, Vishal, any any guys have a thought? Yeah, offense: Chad Hansen, defense: Darius Allensworth. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say defense: James Looney, and offense: Davis Webb. I guess <laughs> pre-hand injury. My <laughs> pre-hand. He was really good before. He, he was. Hand. He was. My fr- my offensive pick. I think you guys are both going to go, oh, my gosh, I should have said that, is Calfani. I think he, he's, he single-handedly kept us in a lot of games through some pretty key running moments. Um, and that last UCLA game, oh, like, that was for, to watch him run like that was like the best way to see him go out as a senior. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then defensive side for me, he only played a few games, but Evan Rambo. I think as soon as Rambo went down, that secondary pretty, that to- the top of the seven secondary pretty much crumbled. Like, <laughs> yeah, we lost a lot. Yeah. We lost a lot of his own progression, and yeah. we lost a lot of ability. He's tall, He's like six three, three huge. big dude. He was playing really well, and he hits hard. It was noticeable. Yeah. I mean, you and I had picked up on that immediately yeah, as soon he as went. he went out. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, uh, most improved. Someone else take the reins on this one. I think. I think, f- about it. I think for me, it's Terry Hollingsworth. Um, I know from last year to this year, I know this year until he got injured, guys weren't throwing in his way. 
Like, he was making play after play. Um, I can't – what game was that where he made that incredible interception where he dove in front of the guy who ran – his wide receiver uh, who ran a curl. Uh, I can't remember what game it was. Uh, the, all these games are merging into one after the season's over. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he – he definitely had a case to be a first-teamer if he had stayed healthy all season um, with just how well he locked down his side of the field. Um, I'm, I'm sure we would have been exploited elsewhere. <laughs> but the fact that he was doing so well on his side of the field um, up until his injury. I felt like Mar- Marlon was serviceable on the other side of the field. Uh, he, he had a tendency to kind of go for the big hit a few times. And, and personal fouls for taunting. Yeah, most <laughs> of those. I, don't know. I, I I thought most of those. I mean, I guess they're going to be flagged because yeah. it's the Pac-12 and they hate having fun. But I mean, th- he didn't do anything super egregious. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a guy who's fired up to play. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> you know, hold it against him too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a most improved? You think it's uh, honestly, I would say Calfani. Like that, that was I was holding okay. him back for okay, that. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, you could say he's most improved this year, but really he's he's improved every single he year. Um, and the the amount of development from the time he first came in, where he was really more of a a, a track guy in pads than a football player. Dude is a legit football player now, um, and yeah, he's he's come so far. Uh, hats off to him, man. Yeah. He's, he's able to take contact. He's able to... He can block. Uh, he, he blocks. He runs through people. He, you know, has, has gotten... His vision has gotten so much better. He's, he's, his patience for waiting for the hole to open up. Every aspect of, of, of his game has, has come a long way, and I'm, I'm real happy for that guy. I, you know, he's, he's not, you know, an NFL-type player, but... You know, he was, he was he turned into a darn good college football player, and, you know, I, I have nothing but respect for that guy. Yeah, I think he'll at least get a shot at the NFL. I think someone might take him just from his, his maybe, top maybe special his, teams or yeah, something. Yeah, his top speed alone, I mean, just from track, like, it's, it's pretty solid. I'd, I'd love to see him carve out some sort of career. That'd be great. Yeah. For you, Andy? Probably Chad again. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he was all world. <laughs> all world. So, I hope he comes back. He's... I think I mean, he's coming back. Yeah, the all fact signs point to crack the top three receivers last season seems ridiculous to me. If he was this talented, well, Bryce Treggs knew he was this talented from the get go. That I think that vote of confidence alone told you, like, oh, this kid, this, this kid, like that first Hawaii game was not a fluke. Like it was for real. Yeah, the dude is a technician. <laughs> like, you can tell he he really works hard at getting all the details right. And that's 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 why he's so good. He's he's big, he's fast, he has good hands, but you know, he, not, none of that stuff is elite. I think as as what really sets him apart is his his craft craftsmanship that he brings to the the wide receiver yeah. position. His breaks, his moves, um, like just his ability to contort his body so that he at least gets like a toe down on the field before he goes out like the split second, and I, I talked to when I was talking to James Coe, the he's the uh, the fantasy football guy on NFL.com. He was saying like, yeah, this this kid like, and this was only about you know like three four games in the season. He's like, this kid is for real. Like I, at, right now I would he said he thinks of him as like a third to fourth round pick, but, but that can also change depending on how he measures at a combine or any of those measurements. 
Um, but because he's just saying, athleticism might surprise a little bit. Yeah, but I think I think the big thing for him was like, you know, I don't know what his top speed is if he's running a forty. Like if he can reach into that, you know, high four threes, then a lot of people that people are going to start turning heads. Oh, sure. Like because right now you don't think he can run that. Like based on the way he he runs, you know, his routes. Like you're like, oh, maybe it's like a you know mid mid four four to a high four four guy. Doesn't seem like a four three guy to me. But then if he does run a four three, I think people, what? I think that's yeah, with those hands. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. Dude is going to have. I mean, barring injury, you know, knock on wood. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's going to have a solid NFL career. He's he, he's you know he's not going to be you know superstar maybe, but he's he's going to be in the league for several years and very productive. He'll be he'll be a great Green Bay Packers one. <laughs> <laughs> or a New England Patriot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Packer fan. I'll be happy with that. He's Jordy 2.0. Yeah, he's the replacement for Jordy Malone. I think he might come back. No, I think he's coming back. I mean, the way he talked about it after the the UCLA game, I believe, is when I asked him about, you know, what he plans to do in the offseason. He's like, this is going to be a big offseason for me. I need to, you know, like I'm, he said, I'm not an unknown anymore. Teams can game plan around me. Um, mm-hmm. I need to get better at the things I'm already good at and get better at the things I'm not good at. So if that's the case, if he's saying that, granted it was just after the last game of the season, right. but – Still, for me, if he's saying that, I'm fine with that. Like that, that doesn't sound like a guy who already has one foot out the door. That sounds like a guy that I I want to be here next year. But that can also change when agents come calling and and talent mm-hmm. scouts keep saying, "Yeah, you're going to be in the top two. Like you're not going to get this shot often. Right. You know, there's no guarantee that you'll come back next year and be a first round pick." So yeah, that, and his injury this year, I feel like may, may have been like a it could, could, could cut either way. Who knows? Like it it could be like. The thing that oh he doesn't have all the tape that he wanted to 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 have and you know maybe he wants another year to like answer any questions about it or maybe he might realize that oh he could get injured at any time and he wants to leave while he still can I, I, yeah he, he could interpret it either way uh, he could have e- if he was healthy this season he could have easily been the first thousand yard wide receiver that we've produced in quite a while I believe Keenan might have been the last one to do so. Um, so he didn't hit a thousand. Keenan also no. famously a safety security blanket for his his quarterback, <laughs> his brother. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, there is that. Uh, and then of course the last part, unsung hero. You have an unsung hero. Yeah, the whole offensive line. <laughs> Literally, yeah. they. That's were... like the definition of unsung hero. <laughs> <laughs> Just from a position. No, they were fantastic. Um, I, I was gonna say for most improved, like you could pick anyone on that line. They all made the jump they needed to. Brandon Jones as a coach improved quite a bit. I love watching that guy coach the O line. If you've ever been yeah. to pra- if you ever go to practice, when the O line practices, go watch because if that's not motivation and coaching up, I don't know what is. And yeah, we need we need a few defensive Brandon, Brandon Joneses. <laughs> Yeah, when Yenser left, I was kind of bummed, and that ended up being a critical hire for us. So much so that I think like it was t- twofold. I think Sonny committing uh, to moving out of the scheme that Tony Franklin was using, and then uh, seeing Brandon Jones progress, and I'm sure Spavis had some impact in that. Yeah, the the O line thing was that they switched from it was a oh God was did they switch from a kick slide or they switched to the kick slide. Because they were was doing it, vertical set after Yeah, they were doing the vertical set, and they switched to the kick slide. And I think 
a lot of the O-line guys that we had loved that switch. Yeah, and for an, for an offensive line coach to make that decision, you know, of course they probably talked about it with the other coaches members, but to be able to make that switch just knowing that, hey, I think our guys might be able to do better, that that just means he's not just coaching. Like, he's actually, like, watching the game film, like, you know, just even though he's a positional coach, like, saying, I think we might be better running this than this. Like, our guys fit this this better. Then you're adjusting to how you see your guys progress. So that's, yeah. But, yes, the O-line. Yeah. yeah I, I was going to sing a lot. Chris Barrios, specifically. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he's been he's been a, a, an anchor on that O-line for four whole years, <laughs> which is super impressive to me. Like, that he – he started midway through his freshman year, and I, I almost I can't remember his name getting called during a game anytime recently anyway yeah. about oh false start or holding or anything like he's they I mean the other guys in the line they they all played well this year but like he, I mean I think I think one of the one of the ways you know an O lineman is playing well is you don't hear his name at all. And, yeah, you never hear Boreo's name. And, you know, he's a leader on the team, and he's just played so well and been so solid. We're, we're going to really miss him next year. Totally. He's, he's, he's my unsung hero. If we're picking from the online, <laughs> I'm going to go with Addison Nooms. I love this kid's story to begin with. You know, walk on, and then, you know, plays his way, improves every year, becomes the starter. Um, and, you know... What, is he a redshirt sophomore now? Yeah. So yeah. he'll he'll be here for a while playing our center. So... I know that, you know, Jones has talked about him quite often. Love love what he brings. Love mm-hmm. all, everything that he does and how he's improved. So, and he played outstanding this season. I mean, barring a couple of, I think, one or two holding calls. Other than that, I mean, he's he's done a great job at center calling out, you know, all the blitzes and all the things he needs to pick up and how to slide the protections. Um, and if that's the case, I, you know, I think... Having that center and quarterback connection is one of the biggest things you need, especially if we're constantly getting out of the shotgun, like to to go into hostile environments. You need that connection to be there just so you're not snapping over the quarterback's head when the quarterback's making adjustments, you know, to his wide receivers. So if if he's there and then we pick one of our younger quarterbacks, that connection is going to be there for a while. And, you know, it's been a while since we've had a solid center. I mean, Alex Mack, of course, was hands uh, down. World. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Amazing. you know that's that. It's definitely like Ohms being there um, is one of the things that gives me a little bit of encouragement. I mean, we, we're losing Barreo, we're losing more. We may or may not lose Cochran, but having continuity at the center position definitely is a, a little bit encouraging. Yeah, I mean to to go off that too. Like all the other the guards, the the left tackle, the right tackle positions. I mean, we've had guys sub in for those spots right. all season long, but the only spot that we hadn't really switched down anyone was that center spot. So we have it we'll get experience coming back next year. Granted it's a very small amount of experience, but it'll still be experience. Alright. Um we'll move on to what is your bowl game that you want to watch? Is there any bowl game that uh is on the cards for you? Yeah, S S C Penn State. Yeah. I don't know if did you guys watch the Big Ten championship game? That was one hell of a game. So much fun. <laughs> Penn State is amazing. They're gonna go down for sure. They're gonna go behind in the first half, and we'll see whether or not if they can come back. And USC is arguably the hottest team in the country. Mm-hmm. And Darnold is the real fantastic. deal. Darnold is the real deal. <laughs> it t- turns out 
that Helton hire was not quite <laughs> as laughable as we thought. Yeah. But then, you, you know, you think, you and I should be able to take that team full of five stars <laughs> to the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah, he has all the talent in the world, but yeah. he's the exact type of hire that you can make that can, it doesn't always have to be the splashy one. Yeah. Which it's, is why Oregon's hire actually scares me. But Or Houston's hire, too. Houston in-house, they just upgraded their office coordinator to head coach, so that's the case too. It could also be a, they could also get better. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. And I wish that. Yeah, this will go to the 18. Yeah, I wish that we were seeing some of these matchups that we're going to be seeing in the Rose Bowl or in these other bowls that were just happening. Like, I mean, we talked about how Alabama seems like unbeatable in the SEC, but. You know, what if you did have a team that ran the table that ended up coming in a one versus eight matchup and re- pulling off that upset? Like, how much fun would that be to watch? Um, That's what makes March Madness so great. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I uh, would love to see SC versus Penn State on more of a platform and in a playoff situation because I think it's deserving of that. And it's hard. Some people are like, oh, you get to the eight teams, but even. As you said earlier with Oklahoma State, are not to. I'm kind of ruining your, your pick here, <laughs> but uh, two teams that you know are sort of on the outside, look like not quite there, but still, I would love to watch play another game, meaningful game. Like I get the right. bowls are meaningful, they're just not. It's, just right. If you have a playoff and the the bowl isn't part of it, then it's yeah, meaningful minus right because it could could be potentially more. I, I agree. Honestly, I mean, just from a football perspective, I feel like Penn State is should have should have been in the playoff over Ohio State. They beat Ohio State. They won the they won the championship of their of their league. They should be in the playoff. Like it, it, it's rubs me the wrong way that uh, Ohio State gets to um, sit out of the championship game and benefit from that somehow. It's it's weird. Yeah, there's Again, not as I mean, many look, people taking issue with world, that too. Ohio State might be a better football team, but Penn State also beat them. So, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. But then, you know, it's hard to feel too sorry for Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But, yeah, Sandy Barber is in the Rose Bowl now. <laughs> Sandy Barber. Congrats to her. <laughs> Sandy Barber makes good hires uh, outside of, I mean, I don't know. I think she, no, the I mean, we were talking was... about, we were talking about. Uh, Bill O'Brien. You and I, but it was she didn't hire. Bill no, no, no. We were talking about Quanzo. Yeah, that's right. Quanzo was her best parting gift to California before she left. Yeah, uh, you know, I've heard, I've heard various uh, people try to give credit to her or give credit to um, Wilton and uh, uh, yeah, uh, other other members of the the Cal administration. I, I don't know, whoever it is, the Quanzo hire was fantastic. <laughs> but, yeah, I was, I was hoping we could get a get a Quanzo. <laughs> this, this time around in football, but it didn't, didn't quite happen. We might have to wait a couple of years or another year for that one. One year. Yeah. One Four year. million dollars next year. That's the thing. Like, what happens when Sonny goes, you know, four wins or six wins? or I mean, if he gets to a bowl game, I guess he's safe. Who knows? If he gets to a bowl I, game, he's I, leaving. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> he's leaving. For but, sure leaving. Yeah, you know, I I, I thought, you know, if you went to God – Got to a bowl game this year, he was safe, but it turns out even that wasn't a requirement. <laughs> so, no, yeah. It's not. Who knows what will happen at, at the end of next year, but sorry. We I still got a long – track. Yeah, we still got a long off season to go. 
Um, I guess I'll, I'll talk about my bowl game pick is uh, Washington Bama. Uh, that's the fir- that's, that that semifinal matchup is the Tosh Bowl. very intriguing. The Tosh yeah, Bowl. <laughs> the Tosh Bowl, the Sark Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people are talking about that that subplot right there. Right, is that Sark and Tosh are going to be p- playing quote unquote against uh, players that he recruited? They recruited to Washington and. You know, I know the UW fans, I saw the posters, you know, for college game day and things like that, that, you know, signs that said, like, we want Bama, we want Bama. Nobody like actually that. wants Nobody Bama. Nobody actually <laughs> wants Bama, but um, the, the the matchup is just so intriguing. I mean, offensively, it's, you know, both teams have a stud young quarterback, right? Hurts has, has been decent. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he could get better. Like, it, he's only a freshman, right? Yeah. I mean, and he's performed pretty dang good for a freshman in the SEC. So, there's that. They both have a stud wide receiver on both sides. Or, I mean, one on either side. They both have pretty much good running backs on both sides as well. And then both defenses are known to be very, very good defenses. So, yeah, I think Washington clearly has the edge on offense. To yeah. Me, and Bama has an edge on defense. Yeah. But overall, the, I think the matchup, looking at that, goes, like, they might be, like, slight mirror images of each other. Like, the game planning and how you, what plays they're going to do in certain situations might change. But the overall setup of both teams and who they're going to run through. Washington's defense is also very good. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good. Yeah, so, yeah that, that, I think that'll be a great game. You know, it's going to be fun. Saban, Alabama team, you know, at the peak of its power versus... <laughs> Peterson. So that's several weeks to prepare. <laughs> I think that, that'll be a doozy. The Peterson thing for me is the kicker. I think most people are se- severely undermining this storyline because for me, Peterson at Boise State never got into the championship game despite having undefeated records. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's that's what you get when you're in the Mountain West. Exactly. You know what that with the whack. With, <laughs> yeah, with the whack. Um, and I think he might go into this playoffs with like a. Chip on his shoulder? Yeah, with a huge chip on his shoulder. Going into this going, yeah, you, y'all you screwed me when I was at Boise State. Like, I'm going to show you why you shouldn't have done that. Like, and just go I, I think he's going to pull out all the stops. Yeah. Like, we're going to see, like, a, a f- <laughs> Fiesta Bowl-esque. Statue of Liberty play well, to mean, start off the game? <laughs> I, not, I'm sure it's on the table. But, you know, I think he's, he's definitely going to open up his bag of tricks and – we're calling it right now. They're they're gonna pull off the Statue of Liberty <laughs> in that first semifinal game. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, that, that's gonna be good. My, my pick yeah. is um, the uh, coulda woulda shoulda bowl, um, Alamo Bowl, uh, Oklahoma State and Colorado. Um, is it Oklahoma State or is it Oklahoma? I think it's Oklahoma State. It's okay. Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's gonna be gonna be good. Uh, Good offensive team versus a good defensive team. Um, I think Colorado probably has the edge on that on that one, and uh, they might feel like they have something to prove. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's going to be a fun one. Is uh, Stefa okay? Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. I that's don't... that's the only uncertainty. But you know, I th- their their uh, backup quarterback, Stephen Montez. He, he's been he's been pretty good. I, yeah. I would say uh, you know he's a, I think he's a better passer than Stefo. Not as mobile. Not as mobile, but yeah, uh, I think uh, I think that's going to be a good game. My, I also have an, <laughs> an anti uh, exciting game. <laughs> anti <laughs> like the, 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 the yeah, if, if you if you hate entertainment, 
and <laughs> offensive football and just or just want to punish yourself, um, go ahead and tune into the Outback Bowl, Florida versus <laughs> Iowa, two, two teams that uh, couldn't find the end zone with, you know, a map and directions. <laughs> They, and a navigation system. And, and, yes. Yeah. yeah, I know. I think I, I mean, they, they both have good defenses, but yeah, it's that's going to be a mess. I, actually, you know, it, it may be worth watching just for the sheer, you know. Laughing joy yeah, of how bad these offenses are. Competence on display. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be like the opposite of, well, I don't know. I think, I think you know, it's possible that Washington, Alabama could be a defensive struggle, but that would be two teams playing at a high level. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't, I mean, Iowa and Florida are not bad football teams, but I think they're bad offensive football teams. Yeah. I think that sounds about right. I think we're good there. I think the game you picked is the game that I want to see the most. The I would Washington argue that I want to see that game more than I actually would want to see the championship. Who because would? I like seeing teams that we've observed and kind of studied – and seeing them move outside the conference. So to if, play. let's say, Washington loses and Alabama moves on and then they end up playing, like, in Ohio State, that matchup, yes, it's exciting to me as a football fan, but it's, it's more distant. And so I'd prefer the one where, like, I got to study the Washington defense. I got to see them live at Memorial. I got to see Browning a year later. We got to see him the year before. We get to know those players – um, and King, you know, their corner who's ridiculous. Oh, and John Ross or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, Miles Gaskin. just like having that level of familiarity to me makes it so much more exciting. I mean, even in basketball, you, know, you get the Final Four. It's just like when UCLA is there, it's like just kind of, or Oregon. It's kind of exciting, like knowing that you have someone that you've seen and got to watch live. So like I'm actively might be rooting for Washington to make it to the championship. And then we'll make my mind up. I uh, probably won't root for them to win it, but I'll probably root for them to maybe beat Alabama because I do think it's a little bit more fun for me in, just in those cases. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I would like to see Washington in the championship game. I think that would be fun. Like, I wouldn't necessarily root for them to win it, but I just think seeing a Pac-12 team that we've played against just to gauge – like, they are the best team in the Pac-12, hands down. And if they go out and play these top-tier teams – I think that gauges a good standard for us. Like, okay, that's if that's how good they are and they're beating these teams, like, oh yeah, we have no chance at beating them. Like we like the spread shouldn't be like seven in our favor or uh, seven in their favor or fourteen. This should be like thirty five in their favor. If they're going out and beating Alabama and then let's say they beat Clemson or Ohio State and wins the title, then yeah, we're we're not even close to that realm. At all. It's funny no one's talking about Clemson, Ohio State. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is, isn't that the rematch of last year's? Yes, championship. Title, title yeah. game? You yeah. are you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it'd be interesting. I'd like to I'd like to see Clemson come out on top on that one. Deshaun Watson comes out with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And, and comes to the Niners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. He has he has a better shot at being a Cleveland Brown than he does have at being a Niner. Uh, he, he can be the, the most recent name added to the, <laughs> the bottom of that jersey. Yeah. <laughs> or a New York Jet. No, we, we lost against the Jets. Oh, that's right. You guys lost in overtime. Yeah. We're really good at losing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the 12th straight, right? <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. They, lost yeah. The, they won the first game, 
of the season. Convincingly. We Convinc- shut out the Rams. Well, yeah, but, but it was the Rams. It was the Rams. <laughs> With Case Keenum at quarterback. Not Jared. Which, by the way, can we, can we just... A moment of silence for Jared's game today. I, it was horrendous. It was bad. <laughs> I didn't see it. I mean, it was... I mean, I didn't even get to watch the full game because I was just watching NFL Red Zone and just kind of was went he in. missing? Was he bad or did he? They just get whooped. So here's the thing, because um, Kenny Britt's been pretty good fantasy wise. So. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. So there's the there's the type of unlucky bad, which was Russell Wilson today when three of his passes were intercepted after they clinked off receivers' helmets and and the backs, right? Mm-hmm. And the DBs picked them off. That's unlucky bad. So those are golf interceptions that we've come to know and, <laughs> yeah. and love. This this is this is knowing that you're only going to pass the Tavon Austin and you throw to him, except you don't see the outside linebacker hiding right there, and you throw it right to him for a pick six, or try to run away from pressure, except you realize that you're about only two hundred pounds, and the guy chasing after you is about two forty and can grab you with his fingers. I saw a sack happen where he was running away and the. The Vic Beasley reached around the O lineman, grabbed Goff's right arm by his bicep, like that sh- shirt he he has. That's all he grabbed, and Goff couldn't get away and fell straight onto his back. <laughs> and I saw that moment. I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh god, <laughs> it's about to happen." So yeah, it, and you know, guys missing screen pass balls, like just dropping them oh, all over the that's place. The thing. And, like I mean, I've I've seen a, a a bit of the the Rams this year, and yeah, Goff has got some growing pains, but boy, his receivers are but they're so bad. Yeah, Tim Kawakami of the San, I think he's the San Jose Mercury. <laughs> he was like, I think like two games in this season. He's like, yeah, I'm sure Goff's wide receivers at Cal were a lot better than these. <laughs> They were. That's the thing. <laughs> and they spent all their lower round picks getting wide receivers. And none of them have panned out. Just, none just, of them. Nelson Spruce might be the only one that pans out of that group. Just uh, Farrell some, Cooper looks bad, too. So. There's got to be some like undrafted free agents out there. Kenny Lawler's out there. Sign, sign Kenny. Is he? <laughs> yeah, he, he was cut he, from the, the from Seattle the practice squad. Oh, so, sadly. But dude, he's, dude <laughs> that, that would... You know, if, if if the Rams want to make Goff happy temporarily, like, hey, we signed your buddy. Have a few practices. We'll see if we, if we can work something out. Yeah. I don't know. Just Kenny, run like two fades, Kenny's and if it if it's course touchdown, he's got to be better than those those guys that the, the Rams are trying out there. Kenny can catch a ball. <laughs> he'll drop a couple easy ones, but he'll catch some amazingly difficult ones too. You know. Uh, all right. I guess it's time to wrap it up today. I think we'll we'll end it there. Uh, thank you, Adams oh. and Vishal, for coming on. It was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. And we ate your Korean barbecue, which was fantastic. You mean just barbecue for me, right? Just well, it's I'm not Korean, so I have to say it. <laughs> but yes. Uh, yeah, thank you for being an excellent host. I, I oh. had a great time. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you'll be more than willing to come on again. Absolutely. Just, 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 just give me a call. I'm, I'm down the street. <laughs> he literally is. So. He literally is about five minutes away from this place. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anytime, man. Yeah. If we're like, oh, we really don't want to talk today, who should we call? We'll just call him right up. He'll be right here. Happy to gossip about any, <laughs> any, any and every, everything Cal, Cal sports related. related. No problem. All right. Um, that wraps it up for us. Uh, you can find our stuff on CaliforniaGoldenBlogs.com. You can find me at Rob11HWNG on Twitter. You can find Andy at 
Andy J Beast Mode. You can find Rachel at Adams are enough. Adams are enough. That's right. Um, and yeah, all our stuff is on CGB. Um, you can find our writing. Do you have anything up going up? Are you working on anything? Yeah, we're doing uh, re- positional reviews. And I can't remember if I have quarterbacks or running backs, but I think I have quarterbacks. Um, well, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be going up this week. I'm not sure when. So you could talk about all the times that Ross Bowers handed the ball off? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a whole, also another good rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. Sh- I mean, it should be interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you guys mentioned Calfani, and is Trey really ready to step up as that full-time back? Like, or I'm not sure. Cause, uh, we'll uh, see. We're continuing to recruit running backs, which is good. <laughs> I think Vic and McCrary will be a, a at least a good one-two punch. You know, backup rotation. You know, Laird's going to be solid out of the backfield too, in my opinion. Yeah. He had some pretty great McCrary looked good in every single time I saw him. Yeah, yeah. Anything you're working on for the website? No. Oh no, no, <laughs> not right no. now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up for us. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears. You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world! This is Bear territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world! This is Bear territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world! This is Bear territory! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.